Hey, what's up? I'm Michael Anthony, also Michael and Broken. I'm an author, speaker, coach, podcast host, business owner, entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur. Uh, today we're going to talk about everything ranging from mindset to leadership to pitfalls in starting a startup and more. Welcome to Startup Ecosystem, No Stupid Questions, where we unabashedly dive into the topics and questions that most startups and entrepreneurs are smart enough not to ask in public. Here's your host with all of the stupid questions, Joseph Hacker. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in for Startup Ecosystem, No Stupid Questions. So today we are talking with Michael Anthony. You are all over the place. Uh, multiple businesses, speaker, book author, you, you do it all. Um, what are your thoughts on the startup ecosystem and just, you know, founders and and how they can manage this whole thing? Um, clarity. You need to know what you're doing when you're doing it and why you're doing it and who you're doing it with and why you're doing it for and the whole nine. And I think most people believe the misconception that if they build it, people will come and they ain't coming. You uh, know. People, def people definitely go in there like that. I've got a great idea. Um, they start to, to build it out and yeah, really no, no guidance, no, they just dive right in. Yeah, um, there's a lot of mistakes that happen in that. Look, and I think first and foremost, you've gotta be willing to go for it, right? I mean, if you're not willing to go for it, no risk, no reward, period. But I think the thing that happens is people go, oh, I'm gonna go for it, I'm gonna bet the farm, but the idea is stupid, and the market just does not wanna support it, and so you go invest all of your kids' life savings, you equity, you know, the equity in your house and your third mortgage, you know, and you find yourself where you created this product that nobody wants or a service that nobody wants, and then you're screwed. And I think that's super dangerous. One of the, I think, most important things people, especially early on in business, need to recognize and understand is sell it first and then make it. Oh, interesting. Now, uh, kind of stupid question on that. So... I see startups uh, different than, let's say, a, a small business. A small business in my world, um, you know, they, they have a product, they have a service, they kind of get right to sales right away. Startups tend to take a lot longer to just execute on, to, they need a longer runway, therefore they need uh, funding and angel funding and that sort of stuff. Or it's pharmaceutical and man, that can take years, if ever, to go to market. In your case of kind of uh, your advice to people as far as like get started, sell product or get the get the idea, go find out if the idea vets, and then then go into production, then 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 launch your business. Is that more small business style or is that uh, tech startup that type of style? Well, I think it applies across the board because like look at Uber for instance, they got funding before they ever hit the ground running. Right. Um, one of my friends, Sam, runs a company that's just launching called Capsule. And their goal is creating memories without on social without all the hashtags and without comments and like. So like stripping down social. And so they got massive funding up front because, dude, like realistically, especially if you're in the tech space and you're going in and you're building something out. Like think about people right now building on Unreal 5, like without having a massive amount of either time or startup capital to build 
build a team in that world, you're never gonna beat the other people who have that. So, you know, I think it's contextual, so I don't wanna be super black and white about it, but generally speaking, like even to get that startup capital, you're still selling something. You still have to put together a pitch deck and sit down with investors and go, this is my idea, do you wanna get involved or not? And the people who don't, and then what happens is, and to my point, people go, well, they didn't wanna get involved, but I'm gonna go for it anyway. If 97 people just told you your idea is stupid, your idea is probably stupid. And, you know, so a lot of UI, UX, those guys spend a lot of time doing research. It's not just off the cuff, I think I like this design. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that enough people do enough research before they start their projects. Yeah, agreed. I mean, go look. Chances are, like, think about this, man. There's 8 billion people on planet Earth. Business have been business since we were you know, evolution since the beginning, since the start. It is nonsensical and dare I say asinine to believe that someone hasn't done the thing that you're trying to do. Yeah. And so I think the most important point of measure is going and looking in the marketplace, doing your research and assessing whether or not it holds true that someone did what you are trying to do. Because if they did and it crashed and burned and then you're researching and like, well, 30 other people crashed and burned the same idea, market probably doesn't want it. But on the flip side of that, what I think is really amazing is if you do have that goal and you're like, oh man, I have this crazy idea and I found this guy and he did the thing and I'm gonna go do it too. Well, now you have a marker for success. So you have a direction to move towards. You have somebody you can reach out and say, hey, can I come shadow and mentor? I mean, honestly, can I pay you $10,000 to sit down with you for an hour, right? I mean, like that, that's what I think about. You know, you gotta research and, and people fell so hard because they don't take the time to do their due diligence. They don't incorporate, they don't build an LLC. They, you know, try to build things on the, on the back cabinet and they find that in a long enough timeline, their business isn't a business, it's a hobby. And they failed because they didn't check off the list on the way to get to success. So, stupid question. Um, Excuse me. So a lot of people will tell you, like you, your Grant Cardones and these guys will tell you, you know, here's, um, here's this thing that I learned. Uh, this is how I did it, so now I'm gonna teach you. And Grant Cardone is awesome. I think recently you even uh, caught up with him. Mm -hmm. uh, so. Um, now that's a guy who's, who's, I mean, I think he's proved that he's, he's done that thing. You know, there's a lot of coaches. Everybody can shoot. A lot of people have picked up just the hobby of coaching. I'm, uh, uh, people tend to listen to what I'm, I'm saying. So now I'm a coach mm -hmm. and they throw their shingle up and now they're a coach. Uh, I don't know that a lot of those people have done it. Uh, so, so who do you follow? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and kind of why? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, you're spot on. And I think two, twofold to that. One is I think if you're gonna step into the business of coaching, you start somewhere, right? And so, I don't know, have you done it, have you not? The market will figure that out because you're either gonna get paid or you're not. Yeah. You know, and so that's part of it. The other part of it is like, you know, there are mentors in my life that I have that I've had the fortune of being able to work with through like pushing myself to be able to get into those rooms, right? So I was in Miami with Grant Cardone last week. I was in dinner in LA with Tom Bilyeu last Monday, right? And so those guys are my mentors. Tom Bilyeu, Grant Cardone, Tony Robbins. Those are the guys that I spend time with. And they teach me, I learn from them. I mean, in a real capacity, not just some online course, but like we know each other's names and we go through the whole thing. 
And dude, I think like anything, it's just been a trickle effect. It was like I just started getting involved and integrated, and then it was like invest here, invest there, pay here, pay there, show up here, show up there, and then on a long enough timeline, it just like through. I mean, I don't want to even call it serendipity, but just effort like that starts to happen. And so, I'll be very clear. I've also made the wrong choices in mentors and coaches. And last year, no, I guess two and a half years ago now, I wasted 20 grand on somebody because I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't asking the right questions, right? Because the quality of your questions determine the quality of your life. And so in that, I learned like, oh shit, I've got to actually really vet people who I don't know personally, who, who haven't really talked into my life. Because, you know, like any business owner, I'm like, cool, let me go and find that thing and the person who's done it, get involved, get in the room, learn from them. And then you're like, wait a second, you don't know shit. Yeah. And unfortunately that happens, right? I'm not, and, and I'm sorry it happens, it sucks. I learned a very expensive lesson and I assure you it won't be the last part of businesses you're going to fail a lot. Um, but the way that I think about the people that I go towards is just exactly what I said a moment ago. I measure them and I say, what do I want to build? Well, I want to build businesses that are of impact to make people's lives better while simultaneously gaining wealth. What do those three guys all have in common? They've all built billion dollar industries. They all know how to build businesses. But more importantly, they all have figured out this mindset game which is honestly, dude, it's 95% of the whole damn thing is like just figuring out how you think yeah. right? and giving yourself permission to step into it. Whereas a lot of people are just like, like if you, if you run a business and you don't have a mentor, you are destined for failure. Now I'll, I'll throw in a, another stupid question and I'm going to kind of speak for the audience. People don't know how to find that person. Mm -hmm. um, there's constantly people teach is saying I'm a coach I'm a coach I'm a coach um, the big guys are, are huge and so they think ah, I'm never gonna meet Tony Robbins I'm never gonna actually talk with Grant Cardone they'll follow him they'll buy their book but they never are they gonna meet that person how do they find how do they find that person how do they 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 vet it how do they filter out the ones that don't matter and and how do they get that FaceTime with the right person. Yeah, dude, well, I'd be like, why can't you be in the room with them? I am. Dude, I'm a kid from the hood. I was homeless when I was a kid. I come from deep poverty. There was no such thing as mindset. Like, our water got turned off, we were so poor. Why can't you be in that room? So to the people who are like, oh, I want that, I've read the books, I've listened to the podcast, but I'll never, you say never and it will never happen. I am solution oriented. I am always looking for the reason why. You can't tell me no. It's impossible. You will never get in the way of my dreams, but more importantly, never will I. And so, like, great example. Today in real time, I had Tim Story, Oprah's coach on my podcast. It's taken me four years to get that dude on my show. Four years. But that ain't going to stop me. Yeah. Right? And so the thing is, like, you've got to be massively, massively, like, unbelievably, to, to a point where people go, you're insane, driven towards getting what you want the right way, right? The healthy way. So let me finish answering that question. I think it's really important. Have clarity about where you're going. 
I'm in alignment with those guys, but it's taken me years to be in the room with them. So along the way, I consumed content, I read books, I listened to the podcast, I learned, and I got really clear about what I wanna build in my life. And so in that, the thing that I decided to do was let me just keep going forward a little bit every single day, making sure I'm in alignment. And so the most important thing that you can do is ask yourself, where are you going? So let's even take it out of the context of, of business, just in life in general. Where are you going? Have they been there? Has it been done before? If they check off the box and the answer is yes, move towards it until you discover that actually is not true. Yeah. Or you discover, hey, I've hit you know, John Maxwell law of the lid. Here I am, I can no longer learn from you. I've maxed out, I need to go over here. And so it really is a lot of experimentation. You know, I've coached thousands and thousands of people around the world. I want them to be removed from my program. I want you out. I want you to go find somebody better than me because I'm only ever going to get you to where I'm at. Law of the Liz. And so at the beginning, consume it all. Learn from everybody. Make investments. Spend. You know, people are so caught up. They're like, man, this coach is 50 bucks an hour. I'm like, and? What's your point? Because that person at $50 an hour still knows more than you know. Probably, hopefully, fingers yeah. crossed. And then you get up to 500 and 1000 and $10,000 an hour. And then you're really starting to play with people who have done amazing things in the world. And I think that's kind of the game, man. You just got to keep, just, just start where you're at. Like, it's taken me six years to be in rooms with people, right? But I've been on this journey for 36, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, start where you're at. Well, and I like your clarity uh, um, focus. Uh, I've had Kathy Ireland, uh, David Meltzer. Um, so David, uh, he's my homie. Yeah, he's he's awesome and just super gratitude focused and uh, intentional. Um, and and you know, people ask me the same sort of thing. Like, how do you how do you get those people on? And how do you one? I I am clear about what I'm asking. Uh, people who are busy are busy. They don't have time for you to be wish washy. You got to know what you're doing. And you got to pitch it. You just got to pitch it. And I always say nothing happens in your living room. Get out and go go find those people. Um, there's so many startups. There's so many people that think that they've got this original idea, which I, I, I'm a more, I'm a study of business model. If a model works over here, probably a work over here. Um, so really nothing new has been invented. Figure out the model. Find the person that's done it before. Learn from them and and then stay focused. Um, and you, so you have run multiple businesses. Um, and a, another stupid question would be like, so how do you maintain focus doing all those different businesses? Yeah, great question. Before I say that, I'll say this. You're spot on about something really important. Be in the room. You cannot change your life in your living room. Find a way. If you can't buy the ticket, find a way to serve the water. Get in the room. Because it's incredible what happens because nobody knows who you are, right? And you're sitting in your living room and you're like, I have this grandiose idea to change the world. Good luck. Yeah. Shit. Good luck. Get in the room by any means. Hell or high water. Sell everything you own. How bad do you want it? Right? And that's kind of the thing, man. Um, look, you have to have massive focus in order to do what I do. And I'll be the first to tell you I have a tremendous team in all the businesses. I cannot do it alone. Um, it's impossible. Every time I've tried to build a business by myself, it has crashed and burned hard, 
right? And I've failed three businesses leading up till now, right? To get successful businesses, I had to have really in my life probably like 10 pretty significant failures. And, and in that, you know, I think the biggest thing that I've come to learn is leveraging the tools that I learned when I was young. So growing up, um, being homeless, stealing food to survive, clothes from the Goodwill, food from the church pantry. I was like, man, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I sold drugs. I broke into houses. I stole cars. Like I did whatever it took. And, and getting into my adulthood when I was 18, so I didn't graduate high school. My, my business, the irony, I'm going to share some irony with you. My business teacher failed me my senior year of high oh, school. Wow. Wow. And I go up to him and I'm like, Mr. Bush, Northwest High School, go up to him. I'm like, how dare you fail me? He goes, I didn't fail you. You failed yourself. And then he told me the most important thing anyone's ever told me, literally to this day. He goes, what you need to understand is you can't get by in your charms and your good looks. If you want something in life, you have to earn it. And so I go to summer school, super embarrassed, dude. Like, I'm the loser of all losers, man. My friends stopped talking to me. I got uninvited from every party. My girlfriend had to be so embarrassed of me. Dude, I was embarrassed. Like, it was awful. And I'm in summer school, and this teacher goes, you know what? We're done with you. Get the hell out. Here's your diploma. And so I'm like, wait a second. This guy just failed me, and you're just telling me I can go. What is happening? And I'm, I'm like, all right, cool. I'm just going to go get a job, whatever. Screw it. I'm working at a, a, a factory for a computer company, putting microchips into motherboards all day long. Nonsense. Mm. And you're just watching the desperation in people's eyes. They want anything but this. And I end up getting fired. So I'm like there for like three weeks. I get fired. Probably because I was stoned. Like, let's be very clear about yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> there was more to that. But yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting in my car. And I'm like, dude, this is insane. What are you doing? And I made a declaration to myself. I said, I want to make $100,000 a year legally. That part was very important. I've been in handcuffs multiple times. I got family in prison for life. And my three best friends from childhood have been murdered. I knew where I was going. And so I was like, do this legally. Figure it out. And I landed. I'm going somewhere with this. Follow me. So I landed a job with a fast food company as a general manager in training. I started with an assistant and then I got bumped up in a GMIT and I had 52 people under me at 18 years old, leading, doing P&Ls, shrink, loss, training, hiring, cash flow. I was running a business as a baby. Like, dude, I'm like, now I've never put an 18 year old in charge of anything. But I was like, by any means necessary, I wanna make $100,000 a year. And so I started learning every leadership mistake possible. And I'm very fortunate it happened very, I'm, at, I'm 18, I'm working with a bunch of kids. What do you think I'm doing, right? Just acting like a monster. And I had this day, I don't want to share this story a lot, but in this context I will. So I have this day, I'll never forget her name, Angie. I won't say her last name, but Angie's my, my, my like store lead. She's the general manager. She was amazing at letting me do something really important that entrepreneurs, business owners, and startups really need to understand how to do, and that is fail. And so one day we're in the middle of this rush. We'll work at the busiest fast food joint in all of Indianapolis, packed. I mean, dude, we're doing $10,000 days on burgers and fries. Think about that. Yeah. A thousand customers a day. It was, un it, was, it was chaos literally all day from 6 a.m. till 3 o'clock in the morning. And this one day, we had a whole bunch of people call off. It was like right before Labor Day or something, you know, a holiday. 
and we're short staffed. And the number one rule in fast food is as a manager, never get stuck. Your job is to support, to get over here, to do that, to be super malleable. And there's a line at the front. You know those lines that you go through like this? So there's a line at the front. It's actually through the door. And this is like a work day, so people are rushing. I mean, fast food is fast food for a reason. And and I get stuck on the cash register, dude, and this line won't end. And every time somebody gets off of the line, somebody comes up, so I can't even escape. And and the and the whole drive throughs crashing and burning. The ticket times are higher than they've ever been. The fry cooks like crying. Like it's crazy, man. And and I look at her. I'm stuck on this cash register. I got this stupid headset on. I look at her. And I go, I mouth, are you going to help me? I'm like, and she looks at me. She doesn't say a damn word. She just watches. She's just absorbing me in this moment, just watching it. And, and the, the, it, the, it finally dies down, this chaos. I go back to the office. Now, dude, I'm 18 and a half. I'm irate. I don't know how to handle something like that. Like I'm mad. You know when you get really mad and you're like, I'm going to cry? Yeah. I'm so mad I'm going to cry. And that's where, that's where I was. And, and I go back to the office. I close the door. I look at her. I go, why didn't you help me? And she goes, well, what's the number one rule of being a manager? Never get stuck. You see, what happened is in that moment when you're supposed to be a leader, you were an employee. Yeah. And so you needed to be an employee in that moment. I wasn't there to help you because I'm the leader. And I sat there, I got goosebumps thinking about it. And I sat there and it didn't hit home in that moment. And, it, and honestly, it wouldn't for a couple more years because I was so mad. And, and, and then it struck me one day. I was like, are you the leader or are you the employee? And so fast forward now almost 18 years, leading teams of over 52 people as a child has given me the ability to effectively lead people as an adult because I know where I need to be. I know what I need to do. More importantly, I know what I don't need to do. And so for the people who are in leadership roles, whether you're leading three people or 350 people, the thing that you need to understand is that it is not your job to be the employee. It is your job to delegate. It is your job to give tools and tasks to your people to allow them to effectively execute. Because without that, the thing that is going to happen is you're going to find yourself stuck on the cash register. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, I also will say uh, 100% of us were not trained to be that. 100% of us from the day your parents gave you chores to the day you sat down in a classroom seat, you were taught to be an employee. So it's really hard getting out of that mindset. Uh, If you do, there's very few people statistically that are actually leaders, uh, less that are business owners. So if you can get past that and go seek out other information, unfortunately, you got to go seek that out elsewhere. Uh, it's still not taught. Even if you, uh, I've been saying this a lot lately. When we were kids, you were either, uh, you worked hard or you were talented. And if you were talented, you worked harder. And that was really, that was the, the entire framework for all of our training all the way into the marketplace. Mm-hmm. 
And that's hard to unwire. Yeah. Yeah. And look, and, and that's where I think as an effective leader, you have to be a great learner. And I've read 700 books in the last 10 years. But what I will tell you more importantly is while the books are great, there's nothing more important than putting yourself in a position to be successful by getting in the room and learning from people who have already done that thing. So I've um, had Kathy Ireland on a few times. Um, and one of the things that impressed me with Kathy was in, in, in one interview with her, she said that um, she, if her team hasn't epically failed, then they're not trying hard enough. Mm-hmm. They're not reaching far enough. She encourages epic failure. Um, I would have to say that we're in a society that, that considers failure failure. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not. I, 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 expend, I will attribute it to an expensive lesson, but mm-hmm. it's just part of life. Uh, you failed if you don't get back up. Yeah. Failure is data. And so as a business owner, as an entrepreneur building a startup, I mean, a startup in tech is perfect because, you know, look at that. You're, it's iteration. It's, it's samples. It's just like science, right? You're looking at it and you go, this hypothesis of this thing did not actually work. So I know that that doesn't hold true to be the solution for the problem. But I have all these other hypotheses of what it may be. So I'm going to continue to execute against that down the list until I solve the problem. That's failure. That's simple. But the thing that happens is people are so tied with the emotional capacity of what it means to fail that they don't give themselves the space to recognize the truth that failure is inevitable. You only will ever discover who you are and what you're capable of through the mistakes that you make. Because if you're not making mistakes, you're not pushing yourself. Like I even teach my teams, I'm like, don't apologize. Don't apologize to me because you'll never make a mistake big enough to lose your job until you do. And at that point, that's actually on me as a leader because I have not given them what they need to go and be able to fail big and have a safety net. Everything's on my shoulders. This is why I think about it, dude. Every mistake that happens in my businesses is on me, period. Every success is all theirs because that's how this works. And so if, you know, we make massive mistakes all the time, doesn't matter. It's part of the game. And if you're not making those mistakes, look, I move so fast that it actually breaks my employees' brains. Because what happens is they come in and they think they know what it means to work under me. Because I try to lay it out. Very, you said it. I'm everywhere. That, that's intentionally. Because I'm always moving very, very fast. I don't wait for a plan. I never plan something out to effect in a way that it was actually practical. Every single time I'm like, I'm going to make a plan, dude, it takes me forever to execute. So a few years ago, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to do it. No game plan, no marketing plan, no business plan, no roadmap. We're just going to go and execute. And, and when you have people who come in, especially like they've been trained traditionally in school or they have an MBA and they think through things in this methodical way, I have to remind them that this is real life. This ain't college. Whatever they taught you. And the worst part about college, you're learning from people who only make 70 grand a year. 
Yeah, or or don't actually do that in in their day to day. They don't. They're students. They're students teaching you, right? And so I would rather go and learn, you know, from a Grant Cardone, a Tony Robbins, a Tom Bilyeu, who have built these businesses, who I get to be in connection with by paying effectively a college degree to be in the room with them and, and be able to execute against that understanding and that framework. And so these people will come in, they'll work under me, and in the interviews, I'll be like, you need to understand something. I'm going to tell you right now, whatever you think you know about business, throw it out the damn window because business is war. Like business is walking into the battlefield of the Coliseum. Like you're fighting a gladiator and then there's a fucking lion over here all of a sudden. You're like, where did that lion come from? And that's business. But to that point though too, which is, there is a different mindset of uh, a, a business owner who behaves like an employee and mm-hmm, 100%. a business owner who owns a business. Yes. And a, a business owner who thinks like an employee will d- jump in and they'll flip the burgers and they'll do they'll do the work. The problem is, hey, that's okay in a pinch. I totally get that in a pinch. Mm-hmm. If you stay on that on that grill and you don't let your employees work that grill and you don't train the next person, then you're so thick in the fire you're putting out fires all the time that you don't have the clarity back to your clarity point of being able to see the business as a whole and how it all fits together. Yeah. Well, and that's because you have not defined your role. And so I think about what my role is in the businesses. Each one has a different role, but they're all kind of the same. My number one role is to drive revenue. That's it. That means getting on calls, doing sales, being on stages, writing books, being on podcasts, going to shaking hands and kissing babies. Like that is my job. My job is not to fix the damn typo on the website. And I don't even care if it's there. Dude, go to one of my websites right now. I promise you there's typos. (laughs) I don't give a shit. Right? You go, look look at my my first book I wrote. I have all five-star reviews except one. And it's a two-star review. And it says the grammar is terrible. And I'm like, and? What does that have to do with anything? Yeah. You know, and so that's the thing about this. I'm very clear about where my attention needs to be. My attention does not need to be on customer service. My attention does not need to be on writing blog posts. My attention does not need to be on packing books out and sending them out. My attention does not need to be on posting on social media or editing the podcast. My attention is very simple. Do only the things that I can do that no one else can do because they are revenue driving activities. So for that business owner who is in the thick of it right now, they, 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 they honestly can't see that other way right now. They're, they're doing it. They've tried to hire people. They've tried to bring people on. Nobody does it quite as good as they do. And so, shoot, they just do it themselves. Mm-hmm. What, what is, like, the one thing that you would like to say to them to change their mind or address that? Well, there's two things. One, um, and I'll point to one of my mentors, Brandon, Brandon Dawson. He says, you will never hire anyone to solve a problem in your business. And so for those people who are thinking, I'm going to solve the problem by bringing someone. This happens in marketing all the time. It breaks my heart. I'll sit here, I'll chat with people, and they'll be like, man, this company, we paid them $7,500. We paid them $75,000, and they didn't do the thing that we thought they were going to do. Because you don't know what to look for. You need to learn it first. You need to learn and understand every single aspect of the business. Now, let me be clear. I said I don't do customer service, but guess who built all the SOPs? It's my business. 
Guess, you know, I don't do social media posting, but guess who built all the SOPs? That's standard operating procedures if you don't know what that is. I built all of those. I wrote them all out. It is tedious and boring and exhausting. And you're just sitting here, copy, paste, copy, paste, loom, loom, copy, paste. And then you're like, yeah, but guess what? Everyone who comes in knows exactly how to execute against the thing that I've designed because I designed it that way. And so the people who are in this position where they're like, I always have to be hands-on, well, just be okay knowing you're not a business owner. In in my experience, I've had people that are like, oh, that's controlling. Uh, I'm sorry. Good. You better control your shit. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, And and, and it's not. For me, uh, this is McDonald's. McDonald's went through every action. They've got test kitchens. They test, they test, they test, they optimize, and then they teach. They don't just leave it to every McDonald's to invent their own way. Dude, let me say something super important. One, systematization is super important. So I agree with you, right? You got to be able to rinse and repeat. That's why McDonald's is successful. I mean, and they own a ton of real estate. But the other part of it is that you, you have to understand a very simple truth about business. And that is that when you are running a company, your job is to make money. And you cannot make money if you are doing tedious tasks that do not drive revenue. And people get so stuck in that. And they're like, yeah, but it's my baby. Yeah, well, your baby is going to leave the house at some point. Let go. But, But until that point, like, there are things that you must control. And, and control is a weird word in business because people are like, I want to have a business so I don't have to control everything. You better control everything. Your brand is on the line. For some people, your livelihood is on the line. Your next meal. Like, you better control everything. Everything that happens in every one of my businesses comes through me. There's nothing I don't know about, ever. And so even though I'm not in the day-to-day of it, doesn't mean I'm not paying attention. Yeah. You better believe I'm paying attention to all of it. And if you're not controlling it, and like I make, I make corrections with employees in real time. People are going to be like, oh yeah, we'll talk about it during your annual review. I'm like, no, we're about to talk about this shit right now. Yeah. Yeah. My brand, my name is on the line, dude. Whose name is on the door? It ain't Stacy's. It's mine. And so that's the thing about this. People are so afraid to control. They think it's such a bad word. And I'm like, you better control everything. Well, and I'll also say I'll go the other way. Um, they don't want to get, they don't want to set the processes up, and so then, then, then they're kind of a victim of their own laziness. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So guess what? Shut up. Yeah. Everybody told you what to do. We said write the process. We said make the employee handbook. We said do the protocols. We said have training. We said have team meetings every single day. We said do all the things. You ain't doing them. So shut up. No. What do you want? Ain't nobody coming to save you. There's no Disney moment. I think this goes to people thinking passive. Oh, well, I just want it to make me money. It will <laughs> make you money. There's, there's no magic. There's no magic. It, that is hard work and building those systems, uh, failing, refining, 
and then putting that into the new SOP. Yeah. And you learn and you grow. Yeah. Every single person I know who has a successful business took them 10 years. Mm -hmm. I don't know anyone who has built an overnight business. You might get overnight famous because of social, mm -hmm. but you are never going to build a business that's successful overnight. There's too much iteration involved. There's too many failures involved. There's too much like trying that thing. Dude, out of all the things that I build, like one of them works. Yeah. I'll build 60 things. One thing works. You know what I mean? And, and that's the process of this whole thing. And that's why you've got to be willing to, to not hold your hat on just this one hook, but instead try a lot of different things within the business. Stay focused, build the things that are interesting to you, but build them. You need to think about, I'll give you a great example. When you open up a box of Legos, right? I haven't opened up a box of Legos in 25 years, but I guarantee you it looks like this. You open up a box of Legos, the Legos are in a plastic bag. On top of the plastic bag is an instruction manual. Yeah. That instruction manual is a step-by-step -step guide of exactly what you need to do. You follow that manual by taking all the Legos and organizing them as it says. You start building according to that manual. And on a long enough timeline, you have the thing that's on the front of the box. Yeah. That's how business works. Yeah. You're just not patient enough. You want to be a millionaire in 90 days. I want to be a millionaire eventually. Yeah. Yeah. It, so for the audience, if there is one thing that you can convey to them about leadership, what, what is your one takeaway that you would give them? Yeah, look, here's, here's the truth about leadership that makes people super uncomfortable, speaking to the point about being very passive, is that leadership is not a democracy. This is a dictatorship. I choose what we do now that doesn't mean i'm not going to sit at my table and be like guys tell me keep it real where did i screw up and that doesn't mean that i'm not going to give you all the credit because i'm never taking credit for what sometimes i'm even planting seeds and i'm like joseph that was a great idea i can't believe you thought about that right even though it was my idea because like i like i'm playing mind games with them right and so the thing about this is like you have to recognize like you live and die by this when you step into this arena there, there's nobody else that's going to come and rescue you on a white horse. And so failure happens because you're allowing your team to willy-nilly go about and try things that are not on the docket. You're going to fail. Yeah. And, but you're going to fail not in an iterative way, but in a like we're closing down, going bankrupt, selling our house, living in the car kind of way. Yeah. And so because of that, you've, you have to dictate but you do it effectively through learning leadership skills, through being how to, able to con communicate, through being able to, how to tell the truth, through, through being able to, when you're sitting across from your team, give them accolades and pump them up and remind them that they don't have to apologize for mistakes. My team knows, do not tell me sorry. Never. There's no reason to. This is business, not friendship. Yeah. Right? Fix the mistake. Course correct. Go do it again. Right? You're never, I tell my team, you'll, you'll never do anything that'll make me fire you, hmm. except not try and be honest. Yeah. And because look, sometimes your employees are going to cost you money. You've got to recognize that. Sometimes your employees are going to cost you a lot of money. It's a part of the game, man. So if you're not willing to play the game, like don't get in it because like this is dangerous. This ain't for the lighthearted. Now it definitely is a, it's a risk tolerance. And like I said, the, uh, Leaders and business owners, small fraction of the population. That's Very because small. 
because you should have that risk tolerance. Um, and if you, you don't have it, you're, you're going to learn you didn't. You probably just return back to the job market. Which is fine. Yeah. Good. Go be the number three somewhere. Go be the number 10 somewhere. Have your nights and weekends. Go to the softball game. But that ain't the life over here. Yeah. There, people are like, I, I'm, I think you'll relate to this. I've been called a workaholic 8 million times. I'm not. I just know what I want. And I'm not going to let anything stop me from getting that. And so in that, you know, if you want to go drink beers on Thursday nights in the softball team, do not be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Just don't. Because this life ain't for you. How can people find out more about you and your business and your books and your podcast and everything that you've got going on? Yeah, dude. Um, I'm everywhere on social at Michael Unbroken. Uh, and I teach everything in the mindset and personal development space uh, on the Think Unbroken podcast, which you can go to thinkunbrokenpodcast.com or just search Think Unbroken on all the platforms. I loved everything that you talked about today. I've been following you on social media uh, for you guys watching and listening in, uh, definitely a guy to follow. You're you're out doing a lot of that legwork that people haven't started to do yet. Mm -hmm. So uh, a gr a great person to follow, man. Thanks Appreciate for that. being on uh, Startup Ecosystems. No stupid questions. Yeah, brother, it was amazing. Cool. Well, that's it, folks. That's another episode of No Stupid Questions in the books. If you would like to be a guest on Startup Ecosystem, no stupid questions, simply apply at www.joinincrowdpodcast.com backslash no stupid questions. One last stupid question. Who do you know that could benefit from this episode? Hit the share button and share this episode with a friend or an enemy. Look mom, I made that.